Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Each and every Friday at 4.30, we are joined by one Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Good afternoon, Kevin. Gentlemen, good afternoon. Okay, Kevin, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and uh, it's going to probably put you on the spot. I think you and Bart and a lot of people, and it's because of who you work with and who you know, have been very protective, and I understand that. As a sports information guy, I was very protective. But the fact that Anthony Black and Ricky Council are playing right now with injuries and that Anthony Black was rehabbing till 10 o'clock at night in my opinion, really makes Nick Smith Jr. look bad. I don't know what his injury is, but I'm told that a lot of the hesitation is the person representing him, and he's not doing Nick Smith Jr. any favors. Black's moving up on the NBA uh, draft board. Smith's moving down. And the other thing is, I think Nick Smith, from what everybody tells me, really wants to play for the Razorbacks. They are depriving him of that opportunity because he'll never have it again after this year. I, I thought long and hard before bringing that up with you or Bart, but what do you think about that? Am I, is there any validity to what I just said? Well, I think this stuff becomes subjective, especially when there's not a lot of information out there. You're left to your own devices to piece it together and how things appear, and sometimes there's a little more to it. The one thing about it that separates Nick from some of the other players uh, that are five stars. Now, you know, if you look at Duke, they've had a couple of their five stars not play, have missed games. Not as much as Nick has missed, but there's, there's, they went more at, 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 um, uh, at Villanova as well. So you've had some of the five star guys projected to be lottery picks. Um, everybody's situation is not identical. Nick was at the top of the heap when you talk about projections coming into this season as far as the, the freshman. And so his circumstances, even Anthony Black, who was projected pretty high, pretty highly, wasn't necessarily in the lottery. He was more mid. I mean, he was still in a good, pretty good standing. He's worked his way up. And so the path he's chosen and what he's chosen to do to deal with injuries, play through injuries, put himself in position, kudos to him. That's, that's what he's chosen. Um, I'm going to reserve judgment. I, I probably have more details than most. A lot of stuff that I can't talk about, but based on what I know and conversations that I'm having with folks um, that are scouts uh, who communicate directly with GMs, they don't make the decisions. Scouts don't. GMs do. But what I'm hearing is there's not been a vast de- uh, slippage for, for Smith, but those are conversations we have as it goes along. That can continue to change. You're right. Some of the mock drafts, we've seen the slippage. I've, I've looked at it. One of the more recent ones that came out, Jeremy Wu with, with Sports Illustrated had Anthony Black going third overall. Yeah. yeah. And I think he had Smith at nine or ten, somewhere in that range. And so you know, that's one example. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I'm I'm not gonna point at anybody who's in behind the decision for him to go through the process he's been in. What I can tell you is he had a valid situation with his knee that first happened in Europe. There was something else that happened right before the season started after the Texas game and just before the first regular season game that caused him to miss the first six games. And what he's going through now is just a little bit longer 
after what happened, I guess, in Oklahoma and then Bradley in back-to-back games where there was still some issue with it, with it uh, the ter- determination was more rest. And so it's really been it, – things don't seem very transparent because not all the details are out there, but the timelines have been pretty transparent each time. And he's come back to play, like you said, Rick, the young man wants to compete as a Razorback, and I think he's probably about as close as he's been in, in weeks. Uh, that right now, working toward that, uh, we don't have clarification if he's back at practice midweek. We know early in the week the communication's been that he is not practicing. What I know as of Monday, his process that he's going through has escalated. That doesn't mean that he's practicing, but it has taken further steps. So I think now we're looking at a more day-to-day fluid situation, whereas we knew it would be weeks based on Nelsonman's saying weeks ago that he was not going to play, basically effectively saying he wasn't going to be available in, you know, through the month of January. So, you know, having said all that, I heard you. I, I'm not trying to deflect, but I can't give more details. I do think, um, you know, people are going to form opinions based on it. Um, and, and not having as, many, as much details maybe – uh, they feel like they're fair in their assessment, so I'm not going to I'm not going to full on disagree with you, but I do think there's a bit more to it, and um, you know I'm, I I think that you know we'll see what happens if he plays again as a Razorback and helps this team. I think all of this becomes a moot point. If not, these are the things that are going to be talked about for a long time. Well, I, I just say two things quickly. If I if I'm able to say things quickly, Randy doesn't think I do, and I sometimes don't. I'm I know sorry. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that I don't. Sometimes, number one, my thought process is, if it's not Nick Smith Jr.'s decision not to play, if it's somebody else's, if it's a representative, that representative does not have Nick Smith Jr.'s uh, interest at heart. He has his interest at heart. He's looking for the 5 or 10% or whatever an agent gets, and uh, I think that needs to be taken into consideration. If Nick Smith Jr. has an injury that's kept him out this long, he ought to just give it up and not, not even try to come back. That's the first thought. Second thought is, and this is the reason I brought this up today, Matt Zimmerman was on with us yesterday, and Matt is so good, and we talked a little bit about this, and he says the team's just got to realize that when Nick Smith Jr. comes back, he's going to take minutes away from people. I digested that this morning, and I'm thinking, why should Nick Smith Jr. take minutes away from people who have practiced all year, who've played in every game, even if he's more talented? Is that the right thing to do, take minutes away from guys that have given everything they have to this team so far? What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, that's another that's another fair point. Uh, here, here's the thing, guys. College sports has moved in the direction of being more reflective of professional sports. In professional sports, it's common, even more so that the top-tier players miss time to recover, for load management, to deal with soreness issues, like not injuries that are you know necessarily chronic or debilitating, but soreness, you know, elbow, shoulder, things that become can become more problematic if they don't rest. So you want to have it both ways. You still want this to have some kind of a a college feel where things like you just brought up matter. But at the same time, it has become more and more of a business. NIL is part of that. Uh, Players moving around like coaches do, or even more so. After every year, that's what the portal has really become. It's it's like NBA free agency. And so if a Nick Smith Jr. and what he brings to the table helps you in your chances to win, then I think he's – 
that's just part of the, the equation, even though I can understand fans in any viewpoint where they would say, well, that doesn't seem right. Well, you know, Arkansas is a projected 11 seed right now. If they can get a Nick Smith Jr. back and help them win games and improve on that and get back to the NCAA tournament, I think it's the right thing to do. And, and you know, a side effect of that is it will impact minutes of guys that have been in the trenches through this losing, you know, through the losing spell and help Arkansas, you know, get kind of get things back on track like they tend to do this time each year. This is complicated, guys. I don't think it's a. I think several things can be true at once. Uh, and uh, you know, you, you talk about agents uh, being involved. That's what this has become now. And Eric Musman, with all his experience and his selling points, to these five stars, I can help you get to the pros. He knows better than anybody how what that means. Being a having been a pro co- coach with players and dealing with agents and players here one week, gone the next, guys injured, are they not playing through pain and they're not really injured? All this stuff at that level happens. And so anybody, uh, there's not probably anybody better equipped to navigate it than, than Musman. I think he's done a splendid job with X's and O's and what he's done despite some of these losses. I think Arkansas is playing really good basketball, yeah. including losses at Missouri and Baylor. I hang most of that on the refs. I guess I sound like a homer. Well, I, I agree with that. I'll make one other point. <clears throat> and, Randy, I'm sorry. I keep making these points. This has just been so much on my mind. Nick Smith Jr. is 18 years old. Let's say he doesn't play any more games. Here's another thing he's missed, is competing against players at a higher level than he's competed at before. He's going in the NBA. He's going to be 19 years old. He's going to be playing against 28 to 32-year-olds who are much more physically developed than he is. And so not only is he behind automatically because of that, he's even more behind by not playing any games this year. What do you think of that? I agree. And and draft is based more and more on potential. It has been that way for a long time. In the old days, guys came out after their junior or senior year. Even you know you didn't have many early entries, and and some of those guys weren't considered to be ready to play or help until year two or three. It's a much different process now. There's a lot of mystery in it. The more they see a player, the less they like. That's just how it is. Uh, But there is a fine line, and there is some there is some true mystery here because of only four games you know on his resume five technically but the troy game was about a six minute deal that's no one's going to judge him based on that the other part is there is some tape on him from europe from the preseason i guess uh there's some stuff there um but you know again you're right The, the less that you play at this level which was a step up from high school uh, the the less experience you have going translating to the next le- transitioning to the next level, so that's true. Yeah, there's a big difference between playing Alabama, who's very very good, and playing the Warriors. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty big difference, I'd say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and you, you know, you look at um, the, the the young man. Uh, his name just slipped. Shaden Sharp from Kentucky last year uh, didn't play. You know, he didn't play. He ended up being held out, um, goes in the draft. You know, he's he's a, an exciting young player. I just think, you know, if you look around the league, the NBA, a lot of guys have varying, varying degrees of success in their one year of college. Maybe some of them didn't play. Some of them skipped going to college for a year and did other things, went to Australia, went to the G League at night. Uh, and, and most of these guys are, are doing fine. Early in their career, the real key is what do they do to get to that second contract? Will they stick around? 
And there's going to be a lot of misses. There, there always are. And then there's going to be some that stick. And so, you know, he, he he's not superhuman. He's going to have to go through all of that. And, you know, I would agree that the more he plays at, at the freshman level, the more it helps him. Uh, but at the same time, even with that, no one at 18, 19, as a one-and-done goes in truly ready to, to be, you know, a, a, a major player at that level. There are a few that do, but there's not many. Hang on, Kevin. Again, joined by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Uh, quick question for you, Kevin, by way of our Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback. Jonathan wants to know, Kevin, if you think Trayvon Brazil is returning next year. You know, that's a great question. Again, the, the discussion we just had is about the different world we're in with, with players, you know, having a cup of coffee if they can in college and moving on to the next level. And I think based on what he brings to the floor and just his limited body of work, what he demonstrated, um, you know, and I know the Europe thing happened, you know, it happened months ago. It didn't count for anything, but there's still extra tape and film for a guy for scouts to look at. And, and they're going to take some of it with a grain of salt because of the level of competition, but they also get to see, different things in a player that they'll look at that's not necessarily uh, things that they can see in that player that doesn't necessarily matter what level of competition they were going up against. And so are there enough qualities on on tape or film or whatever you want to say it that he's demonstrated this point um, to, to, you know, to to generate the kind of interest that he should go into the draft as a potential first-rounder or even an early to mid-second-rounder who can get guaranteed money and have a chance to develop at the pro level. So I'm going a long way to say, I don't know, because I think he's based on uh, where he is in terms of college experience. He's got one year, full year uh, at Missouri, and he was really developing into a star level type of player uh, before getting hurt, you know, in the, in the non-conference. Um, so, uh, you know, to me right now, if I had to call it right now, I'm going to say 50, 50. Uh, as we get closer to the end of the season and players looking ahead to what what happens next, you know that that number could go up or down. But right now, I'd, I'd say it's 50-50. Um, and we see players leave early all the time that don't have his next level size, athleticism, length, and talent. And so, you know, be prepared for <laughs> for it to go the other way where he's not a Razorback. But also, I think because of the injury there may be less certainty that he's going to leave. I felt like he was on a trajectory to be gone, mm-hmm. if, you know, had he continued on. And so you never want to see a player get injured, but I think there's probably more hope just based on that than there might have been. Because I, I – look, look, guys, I'm going to say it. If, if Nick Smith Jr. Had, had, has not missed time uh, after the first comeback or Brazil was still on this team, I think this is a two- or three-loss team right now Yeah, with one right. of those guys playing. Mm-hmm. I'll go even further. If they had a another body, a capable, skilled veteran that they might have gotten out of the portal, thinking they weren't going to have one of these two guys, they might be a three or four loss team right now. That's what I, I like the, what they have that much. Even though this team's got issues, I think they're they've basically been one player away, and they've been without two that are basically star level players for the entire run through SEC play. Uh, and so, you know, that that's. That's where I am on that. The other thing I didn't mention in the first segment, Musman's talking a lot more about player elements right now than he ever has, and I think part of that's his frustration uh, with with things that may be out of his control. 
Uh, typically, this time every year, and it doesn't. He doesn't disclose. Most of these go undisclosed. But there's been guys since his first year, this time of year, that have been playing injured, hurt, ailments. You hear about this stuff off the record. It's, he doesn't talk about it much, or he only does. Uh, you know, when when it when he has a reason to do it. And I think right now he's been talking a lot about it. He's getting asked a lot about it. And I think there's, you know, there's some validity. It's not like they're making up these injuries. These are things that these players are going through. And so if he chooses to talk about it and salute them, he's the head coach. Those are his guys. And, you know, I, I, you know, if that's the tact he wants to take, I understand it. Um, you know, the other only other thing I'll say about all this is going back to Rick's point about if he comes back and is ready, you know, how, to, how fair is that to other players' minutes and all that. You know, I talked a little bit about that, but I also think if Nick Smith Jr. has been working his tail off and has chosen the Razorbacks versus going on to the pros, which he could have easily done, be a thousand miles away and just focus on that, I think it would be unfair to him not to give him a shot uh, to to be what they thought he would be if if that's what he's been committed to. And it looks to me like it is because, like I said, he'd be long gone. We'll see. You know, this is a bunch of talk until the fact gets to the point where he's back in a function of trying to play again. We need to see if that happens. But if it does, you know, while Brick brought up a great point, I think it would also be unfair to penalize Nick uh, for working hard to get to a point where he's at 100% because he wants to help the Razorbacks. I think one thing, Matt, All right, uh, let, me, is let, might, let, me, get, let me get these callers in real quick. Okay, right? get the callers in. I'm sorry. Okay. Let's talk to Gabe. Gabe, good afternoon. you got a question or comment for Kevin. Yeah, I just wanted to Yo, talk Gabe. about the recruit. Are, are we there? Yeah. Yes, sir. Go hey, ahead. Guys. I just wanted to talk about the recruiting. Even if Nick Smith don't touch the court again, the recruiting aspect of him in Brazil brings to the table for us. You know that that's a big thing for the university today. We brought in we brought in the biggest some of the biggest kids out of the nation this year. Yeah, they got hurt or whatever, but the recruiting aspect that it's going to help us bring other kids to the hill. Nobody's talking about the aspect of the recruiting. They're just thinking, man, he ain't on the court, you know, and they want to bash the kid. That's why. He made a commitment to the university to come here, you know. So that's helping us in the long run, in my opinion. And I'm going to hang up and listen. That's the only thing I wanted to say. That's why Eric Musselman knows more than I do, more than Kevin, more than anybody else. And for, yes, for the short term, it's a bad deal. For the long term, it's a great deal because – it allows you to keep getting those five stars in your program. I'm, am I right on that, Kevin? Rick, Rick and, and something he didn't mention, let's talk about the guys that have been playing. Anthony, look, Moses Moody two years ago was projected first-rounder coming to Arkansas. He worked his way into the lottery. What's Anthony Black doing? Yeah. He was a mid, you know, 15s to 20s kind of in there. And, and starting with the Maui, Maui invitation all the way to where we are now, he's starting to move up even higher and, and mostly a lottery pick at this point. When you look at mocks, I mean, things can change. But you've got two selling points right there for high-level guys that not only came in with high expectations, but you helped them beat their projections by developing them and showcasing them. So I think, you know, the, the recruiting Arkansas done has obviously been outstanding in these last few years, but I think the results on the court – it's unfortunate about Smith and, and Brazil, but again, the, the more high-level guys you get, the more access you have to bring high-level players, five stars on campus for visits, land some of those. We see two five-star signed in 2023 in the early period, and I think Melsman's going to spend a lot of time in that portal. I think I think what's happened this year is going to cause him 
to, to maybe change and tweak just a little bit in how he recruits. But I think there's going to be a, another heavy emphasis like there was in 2021 in 2023 in the portal. We do not have time to take Jonathan. Well, well then let me just say quickly, okay. Kevin Brazil was the best player on the team when he was hurt. I hope he comes back next year because, Kevin, I believe he, it'll only be his third year out of high school. He'd still only be 20 or 21 years old when he is drafted, and he might be a low first-round pick if he does come back. But that remains to be seen. That's a good point. All right, Kevin, have a great weekend. We'll talk with you next week. That is you Kevin too, McPherson. guys. Thanks. Good to be with you. Better know Zoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogfield.net.